Hello, I'm Georges Collinet. And I'm Ned Sublet. Here with you on Afropop Worldwide from PRX. This edition, the Cameroon-Cuba Connection. Yes, we'll trace a link between the Abakwa Society of Western Cuba and communities in my beautiful home country of Cameroon with our special guest, Dr. Ivor Miller, the foremost scholar of Cuban Abakwa, who's just returned from yet another of his many research trips to Cameroon. Ned, tell him what this music is that we're hearing. This is from a unique and hard-to-get CD recorded way back in 2009 called Ecobio and Yenison, featuring Cuban percussion royalty of New York, prominently including Roman Diaz and Pedrito Martinez, and Steve Teray on seashells and trombone. It consists of mostly traditional but also modernized Abaqua music of Cuba. They're not singing in Spanish. No, they're singing in the Abaqua jargon, composed of various languages of the Cross River Delta of Calabar. So let's kick it off with a cut from Ecobio Enyenison. This is Mariba Kai, traditional Abaqua music with the addition of electric bass, a jazzy piano, and trombone. Pedrito Martinez sings a sequence of particularly beautiful high tessitura lines in the middle. When you listen to it, see if you can hear the name Nasako at the beginning. More about that in a minute. Ah! Uh-huh. 
Jazz, Pedrito Martinez, and some of New York's best Cuban-style musicians from the album Ecobio en Yenison. I'm Georges Collinet. And I'm Ned Sublet. Bringing you the Cameroon-Cuba connection on Afropop Worldwide. Our special guest today is Dr. Ivor Miller. Nobody's done what Ivor's done. He's a unique and independent scholar. He's just published a dictionary together with P. González Gómez Cáceres, an English translation of Lydia Cabrera's The Sacred Language of the Abaqua. The great Cuban ethnographer's final work, published in Spanish in Miami in 1988, based on research done in the 1930s, 40s, and 50s. It's the largest vocabulary of African-derived languages published in the Americas. To make the English version, the translators drew on the knowledge of contemporary African elders to annotate Lydia Cabrera's entries. It's a collaboration from both sides of the Middle Passage. Ivor Miller is an American who grew up in Beirut, Lebanon, and when he was 18, he worked on a ship and traveled around the world before getting a degree from Yale, studying with our old friend, Dr. Robert Faris Thompson. We made an Afropop Worldwide Hip Deep program with Ivor in 2007, Voice of the Leopard. Available on SoundCloud. Based on his breakthrough work about the Abaqua Secret Society for Men in Cuba, derived from the culture of the people who are called Carabali. Abaqua has retained with remarkable orthodoxy knowledge from the Calabar region of Africa. Ivor's path-breaking work in Cuba led him to travel to the region of Africa that it came from. In doing so, Ivor made history connecting this Cuban society with its motherland counterpart, where the elders were unaware that this connection existed. It was tremendously exciting to Africans to learn that their sacred culture had been valorized in Cuba. Only Ivor was prepared to do this work. There's no one else with all the scholarly understanding in place to be able to map out the correspondences. 
He's returned to the region many times, most recently in 2021. Yes, he was there post-pandemic. While Ivor's earlier work was in Calabar, at the crook of the African continent, you could say, he's been working more recently in the south of Cameroon, in the Batanga region, the part closer to Congo. So, welcome to Afropop Worldwide, Ivor Miller. Thank you, George. Now, first of all, could you explain what Abakwa is? Abakwa is the Cuban Mutual Aid Society. It was created by Africans for their children gradually through the 1700s and early 1800s in Havana. Abakwa in Cuba is a variation of the West African Ekpe, Leopard Society. Hmm. What is Ekpe? Ekpe is a system of community justice to represent the autonomy and voice of each group in this region of Africa that had no empires. Each community had its own leopard society and meeting hall where the elders would come to make decisions affecting the entire community. Aha, the voice of the leopard. Exactly. The leopard implies that if you resist Ekpe, the response will be... Ferocious. <laughs> yes. On the other side of the Middle Passage in Cuba, this system of community justice was reestablished by Africans there to keep themselves together as a community and to defend their rights. It's all about solidarity. The early lodges of Cuban Abakwa were named after source communities in Africa. Batanga is among them, and so is Usagare. Many of the ceremonial titles are still known in West Africa, like Nasako or Yamba or Mosongo or Ibonko and so on. And you've been able to establish correspondences between the Cuban names and their African sources? Indeed we have, but it's very complicated. Cuban Abakwa is based on three ethnic African lineages. Each community has their own local deities on the land and water, which they call Ndem. They reside in the sacred forest, along with the totem animals and plants, with their sacred water source and so on. I've worked for 15 years in Calabar, Nigeria, where the custodians of culture have taken me to their sacred forests. And this idea was recreated in Cuba to the best of the abilities of the Africans and their descendants. Some of Aqua Lodges and also rural communities in Cuba own their own land, a community space for rituals, which is a recreation of their West African ancestors' sacred forests. Because they have their fundamental, their power objects, buried in the ground, they pour libations to the ancestors to ask for the blessing of the land and the gods for good things to happen. So you started working in Cuba, then went to Nigeria, then to Cameroon, correct? When did you start traveling to Cameroon? It was in 2004. When I got to Calabar soon after I was initiated into the Ekpe Society by the Calabar elders to allow me to enter the lodges to do this work. Soon after that, I requested a visa to Cameroon. Well, Cameroon is just a stone's throw across the river from Nigeria. It's true, but the border is like an open wound. It's a really tough situation. But I had to go to Cameroon. Why? I wanted to learn about Usagare. The Abakwa talk about Usagare as their source, their homeland. It turns out that many people in my initiation community in Nigeria were also from Usagare in Cameroon. Oh, wait a minute. Usagare? Hmm. There's a town in Cameroon called Isangeli. Yeah, it's the same place. Ah. Because the ethics of Calabar and the people of Usagare used to trade for centuries. 
when I played them Cuban records, they said, oh my God, that's exactly how we pronounce it. The people of our village call it Usagare. Whereas if you look at a map, you're going to see the French spelling, which is Isangale. Aha! This is an example of how the Cuban manuscripts that documented this language are more accurate than any modern map or any write-up by a colonial officer, because they didn't know the local languages. This is a connection that hasn't been previously made by scholars. It's truly exciting. Hey, Ivor, here's Chano Pozo from Havana recording in New York in 1947. Straight up Abaqua music. It's called Abasi. Who is Abasi? Abasi is the ethic and a Biblio name for the supreme creator, the source. <laughs> Abasi from 1947. That recording is a true message in a bottle. And in this recording that I produced of Los Muñequitos de Matanzas from the very Afro-Cuban city of Matanzas, they sing in the Abaqua jargon. Oh, yeah. 
Nasako is a founder of the Abakwa society, according to the myth. It's a fundamental name in Abakwa lore. When I was in Calabar, I learned that Nasako is a contemporary name in Cameroon among the Ngolo people who have Ekpe. There's a family there called Bo Nasako, which means family of Nasako. And they report that Nasako centuries ago was a god of their people. Which is what the Abakwa of Cuba have been telling us all this time. They've told me that they've got sculptures and ritual objects that are buried because of the colonial and the missionary processes in Central Africa, which are hostile to traditional African beliefs. They've had to hide everything. Well, traditional knowledge doesn't get a lot of respect in many parts of Africa. Hmm. But because of this Nasako connection with Cuba, they want to bring it out. It's incredible knowing that there's a connection on the other side of the Atlantic. They have something to work with to know that their culture is international. They're not just alone and being suffocated. Ivor, you've brought some amazing videos of the Nasako Festival in Cameroon, and I want to play some audio from these videos for our radio listeners. We've condensed some of the highlights of this hours-long video into a short mixtape. Ivor, can you paint us a picture of what we would see if we were there? The festival sequence begins when the community elders consult the oracle in the village square with the entire community surrounding them. After announcing their intentions and requesting authorization from the ancestors, their response was positive. The elder women prepared necklaces of palm fiber dyed in red as protective amulets for all participants. The young men prepared their drum ensembles in the town square. Various social groups performed their masks, like the young men's group. 
and the young women also dance in a group. An elder woman brings kale and chalk in a basket to sprinkle on all participants for peace to reign among us. Later, a special mask emerges to scout the town for any negative forces. Once the town is purified through the mask, the elders bring out the Male and Joku elephant medicine masks from the sacred forest which represent the power of initiates to communicate with elephants and even transform themselves into elephants. After these spectacular masks dance, the Ekpe Leopard Society takes control of the town. The mystic voice of Ekpe resounds from the meeting hall. Voices believed to evoke the ancestors of the Ekpe society to gather in solidarity and protect the living members. The act of sounding the mystic voice proclaims the community as independent, as an autonomous and free people who recognize no greater authority. Mm-hmm. 
An elder stands in front of the Ekbe Hall and utters code words in response to the voice. He's confirming that living members are present and maintaining the culture. The voice then responds and a conversation ensues. You're listening to the Cameroon-Cuba Connection here on Afropop Worldwide. If you want to see some mind-blowing videos of festivals in Cameroon, check out Ivor Miller's YouTube channel. Which you can link to from our website, afropop.org. I'm Georges Collinet, and you're listening to Afropop Worldwide from PRX. And we're back talking with Dr. Ivor Miller about ECPE, the Leopard Society in Cameroon. So, Ivor, you worked among the Batanga people, right? Oh, yes. Their capital is the city of Kribi. And their chief is my old friend, Chief Eko Roosevelt. Yes, there are two groups of Batanga. One branch moved from southern Cameroon into the southwest near Nigeria centuries ago. They have Ekpe. And then I kept hearing about the Batanga of the south. Which is the French-speaking region. I had never been there, and unfortunately I don't speak French. But a Nasako friend of mine said, oh, I know Eko Roosevelt, the chief of Batanga. So I said, okay, I'm going. And I just hopped on a bus from Yaoundé and went there to see Eko Roosevelt in the city of Kribi. He was very gracious and informative. Okay, stop right there. Before we continue, let's hear a tune by Eko Roosevelt, okay? This is Tondoho Mba. Thank you. 
a very popular musician and the chief of the Batanga people of South Cameroon. So, Ivor, you are telling us about meeting him. Yes, he kindly took me to the hotel next to him. I had planned to stay there two or three days, but the manager of the hotel was from the Nasako family. When I showed him videos of the Nasako festival, he said, my God, you've been to my village. We cannot charge you to stay here for the work you're doing for us. So they comped me and I stayed a bit longer than I planned it. And the hotel manager said, look, you've got to meet George Mabele, who then became my good friend and who's taught me a lot about Batanga culture. George and I totally hit it off. He's a percussionist and his brother wrote a dictionary of the Batanga language. One of the things that George taught me is how little is actually known about the history of that region. It's really shocking. Now, Batanga, or Tanga, is a word we run into in various contexts in Cuba, right? It was the name of Bebo Valdez's short-lived and unrecorded big band style with African drums. And that's Benny More that we're hearing right now, who sang with Bebo at the time, singing Batanga Tiene Briumba. And this is Machito singing Tanga. Batanga is part of the Congo, or the so-called Bantu part of Cameroon. Some people think of Bantu and Congo as synonymous, but there are many so-called Bantu peoples and languages. Well, the great Bantu migration, which gradually spread out over a period of 5,000 years or so to populate the whole of Africa south of Cameroon, has Cameroon as its conjectured homeland. I asked George Babele for his take on the name Batanga. Batanga people are the descendants of Tanga or Mutanga, depending on the language. 
Tanga was the first son of Mbedi, who was the common ancestor with the Duala, Malimba, and Bakweri people. So Batanga, the son of Mutanga, Mutanga, son of Mbedi. All these people, the Batanga people here, the Dwala people, they say they have been or they come from Congo, all of them. They have a link with Congo, the Congo Empire. Nobody knows where was the real frontiers of that kingdom, but we know that we come from that area. The Batanga people are associated with the city of Kribi. That's K-R-I-B-I, Kribi. But if you pronounce it, it's Karibi, right? Another colonial name. The Europeans ignored the African names. I asked George Mabele about the name Kribi. Kribi is a very new name. Kribi came with the Europeans because Kribi never existed before. The place was called Batanga. When you look into the maps, ancient maps, you will see it is called Batanga. When the German came, because they are the one that built the city of Kribi, I think that they are the one that put that name Kribi. And according to me, they called Kribi Kribi because of the similarity of the place with the Caribbean. That's why I think the name Kribi comes from. The environment is the same like Caribbean. You have beaches, very good beaches. You have coconut trees. You have rivers and waterfalls. It is very exotic picture. If you make a picture, there's no difference between the Caribbean and Kribi. Georges told us how he came to be a chief. My grandfather was a king, was a chief, traditional ruler. I've been initiated very, very young because he wanted me to be stronger than him. But in the beginning, I was not really interested, you know. I was a Christian before. It was not easy for me to accept that. It is uh, later that I accepted to be initiated when I was a teenager. He's also a healer or Nganga. Of course they would use the word Nganga. That's a heavy word. In Cuba, it refers to the iron pot that contains the power elements of the palero, or Congo ritual practitioner. But in Congo, the word Nganga refers to the practitioner. Same thing in this part of Cameroon. The word Nganga means the healer. That's what Nganga means. Nganga is the healer, is a kind of physician. So I'm a healer, I'm a ritualist, I'm a musician, traditional percussionist. I asked George Mabele about the music of the Nganga, and he sent me this recorded on his phone. George told me, we use this when we start a healing session. The words mean, may you call the Nganga of the forest, may you call the Nganga of the ocean, may you call the Nganga of the village, call all the Nganga. Yeah, I'm 
So don't go away. Funding for Afropop Worldwide comes from the National Endowment for the Arts, which believes a great nation deserves great art. And from PRX affiliate stations around the US. And thank you for supporting your public radio station. Additional support for Afropop Worldwide comes from Womex, the showcase, seminar, and marketplace for world and roots music, October 27th to the 31st in Porto, Portugal. More information at Womex.com. We're talking to Dr. Ivor Miller about his experiences in Cameroon and his friendship with musician, chief, and Nganga, Georges Mabele. It was from Georges that I learned about the Jengu, the water spirits. We are all called the coastal people, people of the water, because of the link we have with the Jengu, the spirit of the water. Sometimes Batanga people talk about the ancestor living under the water because we have that link. And something else I can say, for the Batanga people, all those spirits, Ekongolo, Jengu, Mngeli, all those spirits belongs to water, according to the Batanga people. To communicate with them, you need water. George recorded for us with his group a song used for communication with the Jengu. It's called Vakani, which means come. It's what they sing when they invite the Jengu to their rituals. For the Django, the water spirits of the Batanga people of my home country of Cameroon. Thank you, Ivor Miller. I love Afropop Worldwide. Thank you, Ivor. Let's have some music. What you got, George? Batanga pop star Pablo Gabbana. Ha ha ha! Pablo Gabbana, 
Pop by Emily Sade with Bolo Ongondo. Before that, Pablo Gabbana. Let's take it out with one more cut from that fabulous CD, Ecobio and Yenison. This is Isunekwe. Fluido de la vida 
Thank you, Net Sublet. It's been too long, Georges. I hope to hang out in your backyard one day soon. Oh, I'll make you my famous poulet griot, Pili Pili. But you better hurry while the weather is still nice. Visit afropop.org for links to Ivor Miller's fantastic videos. And you can also find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at AfropopWW. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast, including radio programs and season six of our Afropop Close-Up podcast series. My Afropop partner is Sean Barlow. Sean produces our program for World Music Productions. Research and production for this program by Ned Sublet. And before we go, Afropop Worldwide is planning to develop a new digital content platform. And we want your input, so visit afropop.org to take our survey and you'll get a free download of a classic live concert, not available anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Don't forget to join us next week for another edition of Afropop Worldwide. Our chief audio engineer is Michael Jones. This program was mixed at Studio 44 in Brooklyn by Mr. Zubin Hensler. Additional engineering by Georges Colonnet from the Syncopated Lair in Washington, D.C. Benning Air and C.C. Smith edit our website, afropop.org. Our director of new media is Ben Richmond. And I'm Georges Collinet. Oh, 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 oh